This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. God, Mary, I really hope this is a good place for a writer's retreat. I know, like praying to the Ojai gods. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's the sign, Rolling Thunder Ranch. It looks good. Woo! And welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about working from home with Crystal Ellefson, who owns and runs the company Consulting for Authors. Yes, Crystal designed our website, and she also works with Gretchen, my sister. Yes, and then we'll answer a listener question about something called beauty work, which is basically digitally making actors look more beautiful. Then, Sarah, I'm dying to talk about your recent solo trip to the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary. That was so fun. Sarah, I wish this week's Hollywood hack was around when we were first renting in L.A. Yes. And finally, Sarah and I will share our recent celebrity sighting at Kawami, our favorite sushi place. Yes, but first, we just did the Satellite Sisters podcast, like a dream come true. Yes, because, you know, I have been obsessed with the Satellite Sisters forever. I used to, like, lay in bed in my apartment (laughs) that looked like a minimum security women's prison (laughs) and just listen to the Satellite Sisters on the radio. And this was in, like, 2002. And now they have an amazing podcast, and they had us on it to talk about The Fix. Yes, and they're the coolest group of women. It was so fun. So that episode of The Satellite Sisters went up on March 12th. So please listen. And also, please watch The Fix, (laughs) which is going to premiere March 18th at 10 o'clock on ABC. Yes. After American Idol. It's very exciting. And then... We also wanted to thank everybody who sent us emails about our retreat in Ojai. It filled up very, very quickly. Yes. Um, but if you think you might be interested in coming to the next one, which has no date, but email us, you know, subject headline like next Happier in Hollywood retreat, and we will save your name and put you on a list of people to contact when that retreat comes around. Yes, because we want to try to give priority to people who've already expressed interest since it seems like there's a lot of need for this. Yes. So thank you, everyone. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's Working from Home. We've been doing this a lot lately, and it can be challenging. Yes, and so many people work from home these days. So we thought we would talk to the consummate work from Homer in our lives, Crystal Ellefson. Yes, Crystal Ellefson is an entrepreneur, poet, fiction writer, and book marketing strategist who enjoys dabbling in a variety of creative projects. 
One current business is called the You Are Not Alone box, a gift box you can send to a grieving loved one. She also designed the happierinhollywood.com website, and she works with my sister, Gretchen Rubin. Yes. Welcome, Crystal. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for taking this time out of your work-from-home day. Yes. It's a fun treat. (laughs) (laughs) And we have to uh, mention, Crystal, you have a baby there with you. Yes. So if there's any kind of squeaking or cooing noises, that's Violet. Another Violet. Violet. Of course, my favorite name. Yes. Now, Crystal, have you always worked from home or have you had the more traditional office job as well? Uh, I feel like I've pretty much always worked from home. I had a real job in an office right after college. But basically for the last 10 years, I've worked at home. For the last five years for myself and the five years before that, I worked for other companies. Mm. And was that an intention you set or did it just kind of happen that way? It just kind of happened. I was working for small companies that didn't have real offices, even though they were local. They were just, you know, small startups and things like that. So they just didn't have an office environment. But then I found that I loved it and I cannot imagine ever going back to working in an office. So what are the good parts about it? Well, okay, this relates to the clothes conversation that (laughs) our ongoing conversation about wearing nice clothes to work. Yeah. Yes. So to me, it actually feels like a treat to not have to get real dressed. You Mm. know, Um, my husband has to look very nice every day. And every day when he gets dressed, I think, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. (laughs) So that's one little thing. Um, But also, you know, I have three kids and a 10 and under. And I love being able to have the flexibility to not have to talk to a boss when I need to shift my schedule around for a doctor's appointment or anything like that. So, I mean, I think just as a mother, it's very convenient as well. And do you have like babysitting help as well or is it just on you? No, no, no. I have childcare, not okay. all the time, because she still sleeps so much that it doesn't necessarily feel I don't need someone to watch her while she sleeps. Right. Um, and but the other two, my other two kids are in childcare. Okay, good. Because I was going to say that would be nuts if you yeah. were didn't have childcare. No, see, actually, that's one of the things that really helps me. I think I've talked to people who don't have kids and they struggle trying to set boundaries on their time, but for me. If I have childcare, I'm working. Mm. If I don't have childcare, I don't work. Ah. So that really helps me set those boundaries. You know, it's like, oh, I have a limited time. It's not just like, well, I think I'll go to the gym and then have lunch and then maybe I'll work. Right. So that helps me a lot. That makes sense because I always say my um, writer's block was cured by having a baby because you just can't have writer's block anymore. You have to work when you can work. So I totally get that. Yes. So I was in graduate school when my son was born. And I always said that it cured me of procrastination Mm. because I was the worst Mm -hmm. at procrastinating. And then I had a kid and I was like, I don't have that luxury anymore. I have to (laughs) work ahead because you never know what's going to happen, you know? So I think there's two common problems that people have when they're working from home, which is either they struggle to focus on work or they struggle to stop working. Ah, I find myself in the camp of struggling to stop working. And again, for me, having kids helps me set that boundary on the time. And I I don't know, I just think a lot of the struggles that I've heard other people say, I just can't have them because I can't work if I have three kids around. Yeah. Now, Crystal, you started your own company, and it's a company that's based sort of out of your home or really wherever you are, I guess. When did you do that? Do you see working from home differently now that you're sort of running your own thing? 
Uh, not necessarily. I mean, I think a lot of even just the productivity habits that help you when you work from home also help when you work in the office. Mm. You know, I think in general, there's certainly certain challenges from working at home, but I also find that just everything that you have to do to just have a job you need when you work at home, you know, and uh, I, I think I enjoy it more being self-employed and I have an employee who also works from home, mm. but so it's more fun to me to be my own boss. I'm a questioner mm-hmm. who tips to rebel and <laughs> I don't like working for other people. I love my clients, but that's a very different relationship. So I would say I enjoy working from home more than I did when I worked for other companies. That was harder. Um, it was harder to manage people remotely, mm. especially when you know I was in a company. I didn't hire those people. But now that everyone who's worked for me, I hire them. I train them you know, we get to start off that relationship differently. And what would you say is the hardest part about working from home? Hmm. Hmm. Do you miss the social life of an office? That, to me, would be the hardest part. I love coming to work and chatting with everyone. (laughs) I don't think I've really ever worked in an office that had that kind of environment, Mm. so maybe I don't even know that I'm missing it. Uh But for me... I love the focus of being alone. Mm. I feel like I'm able to be so efficient and get so much done. And I like separating that from social time. I think I actually probably would not do well in an office because I don't like interruptions. (laughs) And Ah. so I love being able to totally separate social time and be like, I'm not working at all now. I was able to like just do really deep focused work and I'm done. Yes, that makes sense. Now, can you describe what your workspace looks like? Do you have a separate room or how do you kind of set up your your space at home? Yeah, so I actually have the luxury of having my office in the detached guest house, uh. which is amazing and very helpful. But eight years ago, I was a single mom in a 500 square foot apartment and I still worked from home. And even there, I had a separate space where the only thing I did in that space was work. You know, even though it was just a corner of the Mm. living room, but I didn't do, I didn't even do like creative writing kind of work there. I just did work for the company that I worked for at the time. And so I think for me, that's something that's very helpful mentally to just step into that space of the only thing I do in this space is work. Even if you don't have a room of your own, you know, you can still create something that where it helps you mentally shift into, okay, now I'm at work. You know, and I've heard from a lot of people that have different rituals about how they get into work mode. Mm. Um, I remember reading about someone who would just go on a walk and then come back into his house and then start working. Mm. And, uh, but for me, just having that space. So the only thing I do in that space is client work. I don't do just like home admin. Right. You know, oh, I have some baby noise. <laughs> For me, having that separate space is really valuable. And even being able to leave my laptop there and not bring it to the dining room table or work on the couch. And I mean, I know some people that like that, but for me, I like the separation and it helps me turn off work brain and transition into family time. Because you do a lot of things. You have your company, you're a writer and a poet. You're obviously, you're a mom because we hear Sweet Violet. How do you structure your days to fit it all in? One of the things that I love about working for myself is that I can have a variety of projects and that works really well for me. And I love that. I thrive off of having all kinds of different outlets. And so I would say I just focus on prioritizing everything that needs to be done. It's not very hard for me to kind of task switch or even between, okay, I'm working on this personal project. I'm working on the client project. 
I'm working on the other businesses. Um, and I find great exhilaration from that. Mm. So even when I get stuck on one thing, um, let's say I'm working on something for a client and I feel kind of stuck on it, I'll shift to something else that's unrelated. Wow. And for me, that helps kind of like resurge. And then I can circle back to the client thing and, you know, pause the billable hour and then come back. That makes sense for a certain. I mean, it's all about what works for you. Like, yes, someone else would have trouble with that. But I totally get how that works for you. And now, Crystal, do you have other tips that you could just share with our listeners who are struggling to work from home? Because I think more and more people are working from home. It seems more common than it used to be. Yes. I think another thing that really helps me, which, again, I'm sure probably helps people in any job, is just having a system for collecting ideas or tasks or anything that comes to mind when you're not working. And I'm, again, I'm sure there's like lots of people have to deal with this, but say I'm cooking or and doing anything with my kids. I'm trying to not work, but maybe I haven't fully transitioned out of work mode and I think of things. So I have a little either notepad or I just type it on my phone. I try not to pull out my phone when I'm with my kids, um, but just to be like, okay, I'm not working, but I'm going to capture that idea. So I don't think about it anymore because mm. I find for me the mental load of Trying to stop working is very challenging, especially once I'm on a roll. But having a way to just capture that idea, put it down, I don't have to think about it anymore, I don't have to try to remember it, um, is really key for me and just being able to shift and then know that I don't have to worry about it and I can come yeah. back to it. So that's one thing that works really well. And I think, you know, in general, just trying different things. You know, I mean, like you said, I've, I've been doing this for 10 years and I really have found a lot of systems that work for me and I really enjoy it. And I feel like I've found the way that I thrive, even though it's not right for everyone else. Sorry, baby. <laughs> I've tried lots of different people's strategies and ideas, both just for working at home, creating boundaries, transition time. I was willing to try everything. And now I feel like I really have honed in on things that work so well for me. And I don't worry about, for example, I don't set lunch dates in the middle of my workday because mm. I really don't like that interruption. Mm -hmm. If I'm in the zone, I just want to be able to keep working. Mm -hmm. So I really save social activities for afternoons and evenings. And I often stop working at 3.30 or 4. So, you know, I have time to be with my kids or do social or whatever. And I know lots of people like that break in the middle of the day, but I find I like to work for a good like five hours as much without interruption as possible instead of planning activities in the middle of my day. But again, I think lots of people I've heard from love having a lunch to look forward to or exercise in the middle of the day. And so I think it's just you have to be willing to try lots of things and find out, you know, exactly what works for you. That's the best advice. Yes. We're all so different. And like I find this in terms of health, in terms of like all of these things, it's like as showrunners, we have to be the kind of showrunner that works for us. Right. And it's the same with working at home. Everyone will have different strategies. Yeah, so, like, like some people, like, I like working in bed. Yeah. You like working at a desk in the corner of the room. You know, I mean, it's just you've got to do what works for you. Now, finally, Crystal, we have to ask you, as we ask all our guests, what makes you happier in Hollywood or, in your case, San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> so this relates to working at home is I love being able to just step outside mm. and get sunshine. Oh. So, you know, I pay my sunshine tax. And so I like to take advantage of it. <laughs> That's funny. I love being able to just step outside, even if I'm not going on a walk, but just being outside for five minutes 
helps a lot, especially again, if I'm getting stuck or I'm feeling like, oh, I'm procrastinating. I need to take a quick break, go outside, get some sunshine, come back in. And that makes me happier. Thank you so much, Crystal. And thank you to Violet as well. Yeah, she was very patient. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun to be here. Coming up, we answer a mailroom question about beauty work. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And now it's time for our segment, The Mail Room, in which we answer a listener question about the entertainment industry. Casey emailed us, I'm researching and writing a piece on whether we can trust what we see, and I'm including a section on the Hollywood special effect I now understand is known as beauty work. I've become totally fascinated with this practice. So out of my own sheer curiosity, are you able to share your knowledge and experience of this effect? Does it impact your work at all? Do you think it's harmful that it's still so relatively unknown? Beauty work, for anyone who doesn't know, is kind of the practice of taking out fine lines on actors' faces or shaving off a little... A little hip. A little hip or whatever it may be. (laughs) Uh, Fixing hair. Yeah. Could be coloring, like makeup sort of effects. I think it's done more in movies, obviously, than television. A lot more. Mainly because of the budget. It's not something we've had to do a lot. All of our actresses don't need beauty work. (laughs) Nor should anyone need it, by the way. Right. And when we do it on a TV budget, it's more like to get rid of a serious blemish or something that's going to, like, distract you from a scene. We don't do it just to make people look better. We don't have the money for that. No. Look, I'd love to walk through life with beauty work, personally. (laughs) Now, I don't know. I mean, the, the question of is it harmful that it's relatively unknown Yes, but at the same time, I think, like, we all know at this point that every picture is Photoshopped. No one looks the way they look in pictures. I think we all know that actresses have hair and makeup for an hour or two. Or more. Or more. And I think, like, kids are just much savvier about all that now. So I can't really get bent out of shape about beauty work. But maybe I'm also just so far into the industry that I can't see that it's kind of a messed up concept. Well, it's complicated. Like, the feminist in me thinks it's absurd. 
I well, also agree with you. Too, of course. I think it's absurd for them also. Yes. Um, you're so right. I mean, people know that every image is altered, I hope. Yeah. Now, Sarah, when we do this in TV, it's really less about beauty and more about BS and P, yes. which is broadcast <laughs> standards and practices for anyone who doesn't know. Right. Like we have in the past had to erase a penis. Yes. Which we didn't think was visible, but BSMP did. Yes, we were like with a magnifying glass against the screen being like, uh, we see nothing here. And they insisted that we digitally remove what, what a shadow they thought was a shadow of some kind. So that was done. And we've had to like extend dresses to yes. cover what they call side boob. No side boob allowed or no, cleavage. Or underbutt. Or underbutt, yeah. So we have had <laughs> to do things, um, but it's really got usually for that purpose. Yeah. TV, you have a great makeup artist and a great hair person. and Yes, and beautiful people. And there you go. Thank you. That is a great question. And I'm sure in movies it's probably sometimes frame by frame. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today, it's mental health. We're talking about why it's important to take a solo trip every now and then. And Sarah, you actually did this. I have never done this in my life, and I am dying to hear about your recent solo trip, which was to the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary in Utah. Yes, it's one of my favorite, favorite places. And I really wanted to kind of treat myself to something that I knew I would love after getting through the holidays. It was my first holidays without my parents. And I just thought, all right, after this is done, I'm going to treat myself. So I went to this animal sanctuary in Utah. It was a four-day trip, you know, two traveling days, two days there. It was just wonderful. Well, first of all, explain to everybody what Best Friends is. And okay. what you do there, because you weren't, I mean, it's not a trip I would take. It's, this is where we're different. Yeah, this is like the opposite of what you would do. Okay, so it's this enormous animal sanctuary in Kanab, Utah, so big that you have to drive around it. Wow. Do you they have, have just dogs or other animals? No, they have dogs, they have cats, they have horses and donkeys, they have pigs, they have birds, they wow. have some wild animals, like, you know, the wild animals that are local to that area. Mm. And since I'm allergic to cats and I love dogs, when I go, I focus on the dogs. But you go and you just walk dogs and you pick up poop and you clean. The first thing I did was help with physical therapy on a dog who had had like a hip replacement. So I was helping walk that dog and hold an ice pack on the site of the surgery. It's just they just need extra hands. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredibly well-run animal sanctuary. They have tons of volunteers. So they really know how to utilize people in the best possible way. And it's just beautiful. So you're just kind of there hanging out with dogs and walking around in a beautiful scene, beautiful setting. Why was being there alone helpful? You know, it was interesting because I really thought before I went that I would be having deep thoughts Mm. and processing things and journaling. And and I didn't do any of that. Hmm. I really focused on being present. Ah. And I didn't think about anything. I really enjoyed the simplicity of it Hmm. and really only thinking about what was right in front of me. I didn't have any parenting stress. Hmm. I didn't have any work stress. 
it was just very simple. And I think we forget that sometimes, especially when our lives are so complicated, we really just need simple. It was the most mindful I think I've been probably in two decades. Wow. Uh, well, not that long, since the last time I was there, right. which was about <laughs> 10 years ago. Okay. So I didn't kind of go deep, but it turns out that was exactly what I needed. And do you feel sort of refreshed or at least like you had a chance to take a breath since you've been back? Yeah. I feel like in a weird way, all that processing I thought I was going to be externally doing mm. and consciously doing sort of happened underneath. And then this crazy thing happened on the way back. I had to delay the trip a week because I got the flu. Yes. It was like a whole big thing. And I pushed the trip and I was like, I'm going, I'm going, even though I wasn't like totally recovered. So I pushed the trip a week and on the flight back, I'm totally going to talk about this without crying. And on the flight back, I happened to be sitting next to a young woman who was flying home because her dad was dying. Mm. And I spent the whole flight talking with her, really listening to her, because she was obviously going through a tremendous amount. She was, you know, she, as the plane was taking off, she was getting off the phone with her mom, who said, I think your dad is waiting for you. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, like, being able to be there for her in that moment that she was experiencing was really powerful for me also. Um, crap. Anyway. So that was, the whole reason for the trip and the timing was for you to be there for her, but it also helped you. Right. Is what I'm getting. That Exactly. Thank you for summing that up without, <laughs> without I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> so anyway... Not that everyone's solo trip will end in sort of a cosmic experience like that, but for me, it was really, really powerful. And I also, it made me think, you know, I really need to do a service trip. Mm. Like, just doing a trip that is not about me and, you know, getting a massage. Yeah. <laughs> like, so um, yes, was really great. Like, every year I want to do it, and I want to take Violet when she's mm, old yeah. enough, because I think for her that would be such a great experience also. Well, I'm glad that you had a good solo trip. You're making me want to take one, although it does scare me a bit. <laughs> I don't know if I got to be alone with myself. You don't have to go and walk dogs. <laughs> Do something else. <laughs> okay, Liz, now it's time for this week's Hollywood hack, which is the Bungalow app. I learned about this from friends of ours whose daughter has just left the nest. She graduated college and then moved back home, as many kids do, but it was time for her to get her own place. Mm -hmm. And she got it through the Bungalow app. Now, what this is, I just think it's genius. I want to use the Bungalow app. I'm always <laughs> wanting to go back and, like, live my 20s again. It's, yes. The Bungalow app, it allows you to rent a room in a house with other people. So you can go on there, see all these different houses and all these different neighborhoods— it has different rents based on how nice the room is. So the smaller the room, obviously, the lower the rent. And you go into a house, there's six-month leases, so it's not such a commitment. Right. And you live with other people. And when you go on the app, you can see who the roommates are that are already there. So you can sort of gauge if they seem like people you'd have something in common with. What I love about it 
is that it's like a way to make friends as well as being very practical. Well, yeah, and rent is just so crazy yes. in L.A. Sharing a space is such a good idea. And you've been kind of looking at all yes. the, <laughs> as you've been living vicariously yes. through the people on the app, you said that the houses can be really cool. Yeah, they're really cool. They're they're usually redone. Someone has redone them and then split them up to make them into these shared living situations. So they're very hip. They're very cool. I'm talking about L.A. specifically. I think it exists in other places. But a lot of the people there are going to be interested in the same things you're interested in. So it's networking. It's everything all in one. I mean, I think about when you and I moved here. Oh, God. um, We would have 100 percent used the bungalow app. We would have gotten two rooms in a house. And it would have been a great way to make friends. Because one thing that happens which wasn't a problem because we knew each other. But, I mean, the whole lease thing with someone you don't know, that can turn into a whole nightmare. So this is really a way to sort of start living on your own, start that process, but, like, not go all the way there. Right. It would have been tragic, though, Liz, if we hadn't lived in our beach house. We had a great beach house. But— But still. It would have been nice to have the bungalow option. (laughs) Yeah, a bungalow beach house. A bungalow beach house. There you go. When our kids are older, (laughs) we'll we'll get a bungalow beach house. There you go. Okay, Sarah, it is time for this week's celebrity sighting. Somebody we saw together at Kiwami, although I didn't know who she was, and you had to tell me. So it's kind of your celebrity sighting. (laughs) Although you did see her. Um, Yes, we saw Nancy Carell at Kiwami. She was having lunch with someone. She is married to Steve Carell, but independently from that, she's a comedian and an actor. And she was on The Office. She's been in a ton of other things. It was just funny because I saw Steve Carell at Gelson's in my neighborhood, Mm. and it was, like, the first time I'd been to Gelson's after I moved. Uh And I was like, oh, my God, this is a Cush neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. And I have never seen him there since. But anyway, it was really fun to see Nancy Carell because I think she's hilarious. That's funny. I saw Randy Jackson at my Gelson's. Nice. Gelson's is one of those spots. Yay, Nancy Carell. Yes, and that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. A very special thanks to Crystal Ellison for joining us today. You can learn more about her company at consultingforauthors.com. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. And thank you to everybody at Cadence 13. Thank you to our intrepid assistant, Mary Merkins. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram, at S. Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, do you realize we're now four days from the show premiering? Oh, my God. Like, my whole body is like I'm, like, vibrating with excitement and also want to throw up. It's like I feel like this should be fun, but it's really not. I know. From the Onward Project.